millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. everyone and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Live Stream. Want to thank everybody for joining us. Do me a favor, don't forget to like and share this broadcast out there on your favorite social media platforms. Tonight, my guest is documentarian, filmmaker, director, James Patrick. He is the creator of Planet Lockdown and the new documentary, Nitrogen 2000, about the plight of the Dutch farmers. This is excellent timing because they've just had a major win politically in the Netherlands. Can't wait to speak to James about it. And if you're just coming into the room over there on Rumble, do me a favor, please hit that like button. It's so easy. It's the best, quickest, easiest, and freest way you can support the program. All right. If you wouldn't mind, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. And I'll be right back after this with James Patrick. All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. And please join me in welcoming our esteemed guest this evening, Mr. James Patrick. James, how are you tonight, sir? Good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. It's my pleasure to be able to host you. So, uh, James, as I said in the introduction, you are the creator of both Planet Lockdown and Nitrogen 2000. Uh, are these the only films that you've produced, or have you been making movies for a while? Uh, I did I did some shorts, uh, three short documentaries in high school and college. But, yeah, these are my first real professional productions. Yeah, so 
Um, Planet Lockdown was like a full 90 minute, 100 minute film, um, shot in nine countries over 18 months. Really went deep into the whole, you know, COVID issue, the political, spiritual, economic uh, story, and all of its facets. And uh, so, yeah, I just got into it because I was so upset about what was going on in the world, and and you know, needed it. Felt I needed to do something about it because I couldn't. Tell my future kids I sat around when like global communism was declared. You know, Amen. Yeah, uh, and I would imagine it's yeah. uh, there's a fair amount of catharsis involved in there too. I mean, everyone kind of collectively went through this PTSD inducing uh, scenario. I mean, everybody was affected by it. I don't think there was a single person who escaped unscathed. But you know, at the time of the documentary coming out, planned in lockdown, uh, obviously in our community, it was fairly well received. Uh, you know, what about in the larger global community? Um, at, at what was the result at the time, and has the reception to it changed now that I think kind of the overall impression of COVID, the pandemic, the lockdowns, all of that stuff has changed as well? I mean. Really, I just made the film single-handedly and put it out there for free. I didn't market $1 towards it. So um, I think it, it did get – I think it got like maybe 5, 10 million views to the final film, all the interviews, maybe 50 million or, or more. But uh, it was really just unmarketed. I did it single-handedly. Uh, people who have who have seen it and I've talked to were very touched by it. Um, mm-hmm. I really made it. I, I got the best people in the world. I got like you know former Pfizer Vice President Michael Eden or former Czech Prime Minister Václav Klaus or former Research Director of the French NIH Alexander Henry Oncott. I got like the most credible people in the world who had the balls to speak out, <laughs> who were largely retired, independently wealthy, had just quit their you know, 30 year job as Knut Vikowski was the chief epidemiologist at the, at Rockefeller university in New York, you know? So he was the guy I found to do the flatten the curve, you know, explaining this curves that it's a two week <laughs> curves are two weeks, not two years. Right. <laughs> and so it's like this, this whole narrative of like, that was the first thing. Oh, flatten the curve. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. What, what are they talking about? So I found, I saw some video of Knut, you know, and I was like, this guy is credible. Like, look at him. You know, so then I just I went to him and I spent a few days with him and got him crying in the park there. And really him looking out over the over the great lawn was I just used as kind of the cover of the film or the the logo or poster, you know, splash shot. Cause it's like, you know, this 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 field is usually at five thousand people on a July summer day in the middle of New York. And it was like five eight people there with mass on and so anyway i just really got these these intimate interviews where i just have the camera on my shoulder or sometimes I had a b cam too on a, on a tripod and i'm zooming in and out on them and i and i really ask them it's kind of personal a little bit informal interview style so it really it's not this dry uh tripod interview that's a little sterile and clinical like i kind of it's the camera shaking around a little bit, sure. you know, and it, it has a little bit of a reality feeling because we're all living through it. And so, yeah, it was pretty emotional film to make, to be honest. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it was certainly emotional to watch. And I think that one of the reasons that it, it touched so many people in, in the way that it did 
is because this experience was so personal for each and every one of us. And obviously it affected everybody in a different way. But uh, I mean, by and large, everybody was isolated. We were shut off from our our friends and our family. Uh, Everything that we could normally do going out socializing, even going to work. I mean, it was just stripped away from us. And, you know, initially in, in the beginning of all this stuff, you know, People were like, hey, two weeks, that's no big deal. I can stay home for two weeks. If that means that we're going to save the planet, then okay, great. We didn't know anything. Nobody had the scientific information. Uh, People were just scared. And then it just kept going on and on and on. Now, New York City is a different kind of place. I live down here in Florida, you know, so we opened up relatively soon down here in comparison to other places. Are are you in New York still? I mean, uh, I'm wondering what the, the, the mood is generally there. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm from Washington, D.C. originally, but um, I was kind of in this area in the in the D.C., you know, general region. And like so, yeah, D.C. was a prison. New York was a prison. I mean, um, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. I mean, I, I think Boston was the same. L.A. I heard was really bad like that. Um, yeah, it sucked. I was in I was getting in mass fights all the time. It was a headache, you know. <laughs> So, so when it when it came to uh, nitrogen two thousand, you know, how did you get involved with interviewing these Dutch farmers? I mean, uh, obviously here in the Western world, uh, I, I don't think we've heard too much about this story. You know, there's been limited coverage on it. Uh, certainly, I'm aware of protests that have been going on. I know about these changes that they have proposed. It all seems counterintuitive to humanity surviving. I mean, the idea that nitrogen is bad for the environment, it, it just, it sounds crazy. Yeah. If, you, if you know anything, there's only a couple of elements that are necessary for <laughs> life to survive on planet Earth. And, and nitrogen is like yeah. one of the four. So how, how did you get into Perfect. this? Yeah, so uh, in, in the, one of the sickest things in the whole COVID story was how they treated children in schools. So I had a five-minute section in, in planet lockdown. And then I was thinking, um, I saw Leila Sender speak at, uh, she's down there in Miami and uh, has this great school. I saw her speak at a conference in, in Acapulco in Mexico. And and I was like, oh, maybe we should do a whole film on, on just the, what the kids went through. So I approached her and then we talked about it. And and uh, I started shooting really in, in France in in a in a little bit in Holland and the US on to do another documentary called What Happened at School on what the what how the kid what the suffering the kids went through. So I'm I'm working on a 90 minute film on that, which is mostly all shot. It's it's basically shot. Um and then so that's kind of that's gonna be half French, half English film, which will be kind of interesting. And and then um so I was in Holland because there was there was a group called the Iowa Mama Bears in Iowa. I interviewed the lady Familiar there, with them. yeah. And then, then there was the I, then there was the Mama Wolves I interviewed in France, and then there was the Mama Hearts in in Holland. I found this mothers, all these mothers groups, and so I was in Holland to interview the Mama Hearts lady, and and then she was also involved with. Uh, she's like a political commentator on on this farmer issue too for this channel called Black Box there in Holland, and then so I was like. 
I was like, oh, well, I go there interviewing her. Why don't I just, and this is July last year. I was like, why don't I also get in touch with the farmer's leaders, do a few interviews and just put them out to help them out. So I got, I, I found out the two groups. I, I've spent a lot of time in Holland, had a, a Dutch girlfriend before. And like, I've just, just very been there more than half a dozen times. So I'm like, I really know the, the landscape. And so I was like, okay, here are the two farmers groups, Agresi and, and uh, Duff Farmers Defense Force. So, I just I pestered them until I could get two two interviews with them, with the vice president and spokesperson. But then when I got there, I was just I was only there for six days, and I was like, there was upside down Dutch flags everywhere. People were tying these bandanas around their rearview mirrors or, or their side view mirrors, their cars for, as signs of support. The upside down flags is a a sign of uh, maritime distress. It's what. Yeah is the vessels in distress it shows its flag upside down and so then and every third farm had protests on it and i was like this is a huge story like what the hell is going on so i interviewed these farmers then i ended up getting seven interviews in the six days on and made a whole film out of it so it was like i got two members of parliament a member of parliament who's who's architecting this the the policy um i got a member of parliament who's, who's critical of it um two dutch farmer leaders and a, a dutch farmer who's like living in these nature 2000 areas. So really since, since 1990, this is really a global issue, but uh, the the issue of uh, the elites using environmental arguments, frivolous environmental arguments Mm -hmm. to take our freedoms away and control us. So it's, it's playing out a little differently in different areas. And there's a lot of these silly excuses they make up. Like it's carbon dioxide, it's nitrogen, it's, it's the spotted mouse or it's the spotted owl or like, <laughs> or like, or, or like, uh, you know, the land who owns the land and how they want to buy it, how they want to control it. Where they, in this case, they're getting the government to nationalize it. And in, in the U S there's a lot of Western lands already owned by the government. So anyway, the, the, these, this is just kind of, a, it's a global story. And it, but playing out differently in each country, and then there's also some other stories like about how they're restructuring the food system. I think that is a big part in this. We can get into that too. Absolutely. So, so anyway, story about going on. What what? So what is the justification that the government is giving? And is it is it just the government behind it, or are there other you know non governmental organizations that are coming in from other places and saying, hey, you know, people of the Netherlands, this yeah. is what you have to do if the world is going to survive. Yeah, so in a nutshell, the government is moving to nationalize a third of Holland. They're using the argument that nitrogen is pollution and cow, cow pee and poop is, is nitrogen heavy. And they, and they don't want the, that nitrogen settling on Nature 2000 nature park areas. Okay. And, and so therefore they want to eliminate, they want to, 70% of Holland's owned by Dutch cattle farmers, and they want to get rid of half of them. And and the other the remaining half they want to heavily regulate a quarter of them. So so really only out of twenty seven thousand Dutch cattle farmers farms, only seven thousand would remain unmolested. Wow. The the rest eleven thousand would be straight up closed, and the remainder would be heavily regulated. So see a lot of Dutch farmers. I think now a lot of them have been playing into the government's stories. Like, you know, like if you own a restaurant, you're like, Hey, whatever food inspector, I'm not going to argue with you, you know, but it's like, they are losing so much. Like they're, they're losing their minds. So they're just giving up even farming in the country. Cause it's too, 
too crazy, you know? And would you want to live in a country like that or have to do business when, when they're coming to you like that? So a lot of them are moving to other countries. They're buying land. The one guy in my film, uh, 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 Eric Luton, uh, he, he's like, his son was, he's like, my son's in Denmark now buying land in, in Denmark because we're going to, the regulations on nitrogen are, are 100 times less in, in Denmark. They allow 100 times more. So sure. the de- so it looks like, so anyway, the gist of the story, the way it works is the way the scheme is working is some oligarchs are controlling about half a dozen NGOs. The NGOs are lobbying for the policy. These guys are getting the government to pay for the budget of the NGOs. Mm-hmm. Then, the, then, then they got the government or the, you know, the people to pay for a 25 billion euro fund to then buy out the farmer's land. And then the NGOs become custodian of the land and in many cases put cows back on that same land. That's insane. So, so they don't have to put any money down and they get control of it and they, and they, they, they dictate, the whole, you know, and it's, it's very a, intelligent. It's a revenue stream, I would imagine, too. I mean, if they're putting cows back on there, they're probably going to be using them some aspect of the cows, either dairy or for something else. I don't know. I just think just for managing the just because you need to have some cows to, to some, eat the grass. To graze. Like, OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah, All right. Yeah. But but even still, those cows are going <laughs> to be producing the very nitrogen that they are canceling the farmers because uh, they have cows and they produce nitrogen. I mean, it isn't isn't there also like uh, like a, a market for for cow uh, feces for like fertilizer and stuff? I mean, d- doesn't some of this stuff get get reused anyways? I mean, farmers. Yeah, n- normally they just reuse the cow yeah, dung yeah. for for so farming. Have, I mean, it's not for have they actually done any credible, like, environmental impact studies to determine like what is the measurable uh, effect of these cows? Like, how are they making the claim that this is a net negative for the people of uh, of the Netherlands? But yeah. Yeah, they, they have all these models, these computer models, like, you know, global warming, they have all these computer models. Mm-hmm. They have all these nitrogen cow manure models, and they, they, they have a lot of built-in assumptions that are incorrect. Um, so I interviewed uh, uh, Lindeboom, Professor Lindeboom. He's a top government scientist, and I got him the day before he came out with the second report debunking the government's model. So they have all these built-in assumptions where they say if a cow – takes a dump here it'll magically redeposit and re- <laughs> resettle on this nature preserve area like a kilometer or five kilometers away and he's just like he's like there is this holy belief you know that, that that this will happen and he's like i just don't think that's true like and and then you're going to use that as the basis to kick a farmer off his land he's like that's bullshit that's not that's just not right you can't do that you know so no um there's that issue there's in, in 2019, they labeled 18% of EU Nature 2000 Nature Preserve areas. They designated 18% of Europe as Western Europe as Nature 2000 areas. And so it sounds like a science fiction film. So sure. they're arguing nitrogen deposits on the Nature 2000 areas is is uh, the problem. So that's why I call it Nitrogen 2000. Mm-hmm. But uh, so since two, the year 2000, EU started regulating nitrogen. And they and they have filing requirements for all these cow farmers to file how many turds they produce and <laughs> and, and, the feed, and the feed and how many cows they have, how many male and female cows, and all this stuff. And so then they're um, 
So in most countries, the nature 2000 areas are concentrated in forested areas like mm-hmm. the black forest in Germany or in France, they got big forests, but they, in, in, in Holland, it's been developed since 500 years. All the trees are cut down. There's no forest. So there's 162 nature 2000 plots around scattered throughout Holland. So, so every, everybody's near one of these things yeah. and they're just like common fields. Like, you know, in the film, you can see it. There's like, there's like a, a, a dike, and like a road on it and like a field on one side and a field on the other. And like one's nature 2000 area and one's not. I interviewed uh, Joost Block, this, this farmer who owns land in and in on and near, next to nature 2000 areas. And, and it's just like, it's just like some field that gets flooded a little bit. And then he's like, Oh, I dug some dirt out of here and like moved it over there. And then, so then it floods and then there's a little, water collects there and like a flower grew up out of it so then they say oh well that flower is protected (laughs) you can't touch i mean so anyway the whole thing is so batshit crazy i just (laughs) i (laughs) it just sounds like anyways so they're saying they want the land it's not about the nitrogen and they're a lot of these farmers said okay like we'll cut the nitrogen you can't limit it Mm-hmm. You could collect the cow pee and the cow poop and really regulate it and manage it. But they, they're saying, no, 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 we really want the land. We're going to force purchase it from you. It's not a choice. First, we're telling you you can't have cows there. So you're, the, cow, the land price drops. The banks of, of the Rabobank, which is the main cow agricultural bank, is like recalling loans and stuff like that. And then they're saying, now that the price is low, the government will force buy it from you. And they're giving them such a headache. A lot of them do it. So I was actually going to ask that, you know, is there the option to do like, you know, poop credits or something like that? I mean, so obviously not. They're not going to allow people to do that. That's only for the very wealthy, right? Like if you've got a private jet, you can get your own carbon offset credits and then you don't have to worry about flying everywhere uh, with your your private uh, airplane. But so as a farmer, there's nothing they can do. The only option they have is to sell the land off. And that's horrible that they would be doing it at uh, at such a reduced cost. I mean, do you have an idea on average of like how much value these people are losing? Like, I mean, are they getting paid like 10 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar? Uh, I don't know how much it's dropping or, or, or what rates are going on right now. I just I just know just hearing just speaking to some of them, they're saying some are burned out and willing to sell. Some are fighting. But I don't know the exact rates. I know out of the twenty-seven thousand farms, they did recently force purchase the first three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, they took that move like four or five months ago, wow. which is pretty drastic. And then now, now there was this election five days ago. Yes, this, there's different. There's different parties. So one, the one that won thirty percent of this of the of the of the parliament is this. Is this um, this lady who has this BBB party, and mm-hmm. I think she's she's more moderate. So she's saying that she believes that nitrogen is pollution, but it shouldn't be so drastic what they're doing with it. So a, a lot. So she's like probably the most moderate of the anti-nitrogen farmers groups or political parties. Well, the ones that were really like, hey, they're this is total. Or, cow poo poo <laughs> this is total <laughs> total nonsense are actually lost seats in this recent election oh really so it was a big loss yeah it was a big loss for the more staunch op- opponents of it but this more moderate woman run some people say that she's she had some of the founders of the party were involved with monsanto mm. i think and stuff and 
So I don't know. I mean, she, she seems good. I, I did throw a little clip of her in the end of the film. Um, she is good on on fighting it. She it was a it was a party formed three years ago, just or in 2019, because they first said they want to get really aggressive on on against nitrogen in 2019, and there was a big protest. And that's most of the videos people seen are from the 2019 protest. Um, so that party was formed at that time to stop this. And it's got, it just had a few seats. Now it won a lot, but the more staunch ones lost seats. So a lot of people don't see it as a big win, but some do. The news are saying it is. I mean, so well, they're definitely so- going to get heard more, but yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, at at the very least, it shows just how important an issue this is to the majority of uh, of citizens of of Holland. You know, I mean, I was really surprised to to find out just how many people have a a direct or a familial connection to farming across the entire nation. Like, I had no idea. I mean, obviously, you know, you hear about, I guess, cheese and milk and stuff like that. But I mean, I didn't know everybody was farming. I didn't know it was like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Holland is like quintessentially the Gouda, the wheels of Gouda cheese, yes. the cogs, and the, the cows. I think you tulips. Know, some Dutch lady. <laughs> like in the yes. Yeah, they're really, yeah, the tulips, the financial capital, their financial stuff. So really, when you go there, the city people are, are buying the media. The, the government press is, is just slandering the farmers every day, mm-hmm. telling the, telling people they're losing support when they're not. But they really in the cities, the people are pretty propagandized and domesticated. Yes, I mean in the in, in the rural areas of Holland, they're they're very pro farmer. So I think there is kind of a split. But uh, I, I'd say all in all, it's much more pro farmer. Um, so, or even if people think this by the narrative, they don't. They think this action is so crazy. So w- what about the farmers who are being shoved out? What are they expected to do? Is there? Any talk of like how this will you know be replaced in in the job market or in the economy? I mean, it, with that many people actively farming, and you know, if, if everybody is shoved out in the way that they are, I mean, what's the plan? Uh, I think a lot of them are, are, are relocating to other countries, so okay, they're, they're going to like Romania or or uh, places with less regulation, Germany nearby. Um, yeah, it just depends on their comfort level. And, you know, if they go to a place like Denmark, it's pretty similar culture. You know, if you go to Romania, it's a totally different scene. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot cheaper. To, right? Yeah. But, but, uh, but, but, yeah, anyway, this, but this begs the bigger question is what is this story really about? Like, yeah. What, okay. Why are they trying to seize the third of Holland? You know? And, and when you look at the 50,000 foot level, it's like, the Dutch farmers are the most efficient farmers in the world. They produce more output per hectare than anyone in the world. There's, there's big, there's been hundreds of arson cases of food production facilities in the U S and Europe. Yeah. Some I've higher statistics over 500. Um, I really like to look into that more, but I, didn't, I these are things I didn't get into in the film, but like, then there's also, um, like there's been massive buyouts, like as, huge asset management companies like BlackRock and Vanguard have been been heavily buying into the food industry in 2020. There's a there's a report called Food Burns uh, Food Burns 2022 that came out last September by this research organization. They showed how like 
there's just massive consolidation in the food industry. These big asset management companies bought like 25% controlling interests in, in companies across the food industry. And so while we were all locked down and, and so, so there's, there's been a lot of financial consolidation going on and they were saying they're envi- envisioning they're integrating blockchain and digital tech and like the, the robots will like the, the farmer of the future will just press buttons and like fertilizers and seeds and, and sprays and stuff will, will be deployed and everything will be automated, digitized, quantified, you know, corporatized. Da, da, da. So it's just like this kind of, sterilization and corporatization of the food because food is really like little farmers around the world. It's, it is quite distributed uh, market. And so there's, there's been a massive push to really consolidate financially in that industry. We see arsons in that industry. It just, it begs the question, like, is there some kind of a hostile takeover going on? Yes. Are they trying to like precipitate? It just, my gut says maybe there's maybe someone is trying to precipitate a re, a quicker restructuring of an industry, you know? Absolutely. So no, you I, take something and bring in something different. Yeah. I totally agree. And I mean, there's been talk in a number of different in- industries uh, over the last several years about where that future is going and, and how the, the future workforce is going to be far less, way more scaled down because you are going to have robots that are doing things and completing all these menial tasks that they would otherwise be giving to people. And if they can essentially maybe create a crisis where there aren't enough people to produce enough food for the citizens, then all of a sudden they can swoop in with this uh, uh, highly advanced artificial intelligence technology and, and save the day. And there we go. We've got food all over again. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's creepy when you see these bug, you know, bug food commercials or like oh yeah, that there's been all this heavy marketing of eating bugs. Like, I mean, why why is why is BBC and PBS pumping bug bug kibble so hard? Oh, it's because, just because it's healthy for you. <laughs> it's 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 better for the, the environment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Too, I, just saw, I just saw this video. I just saw this video. This is really from making fake meat, you know, digital 3D printed hamburgers and stuff. I mean, it's like creepy. I mean, I don't understand. Just eat, eat, you know? Right. You know, why would you want to eat 3D printed meat or, you know, meat that's been produced from bugs or meat that's even produced from from soy or or any other kind of vegetable source? I mean, just real meat. Real meat is. Yeah. (laughs) I don't I definitely don't want to do that. All right, uh, listen, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. You guys, we're going to be right back on the other side. We'll see you in a second. All right, thank you very much for sticking around, guys. James, did you want me to go ahead and throw on uh, a copy of the the trailer for the audience so they can get a uh, better idea? I have your YouTube channel pulled up, but I don't know if there was a a better place to watch the trailer for the film. Yeah, the YouTube channel or bigpicture.watch. Big picture dot watch. All right, let me go ahead and pull that yeah. up. I made this. I made this this company, Big Picture dot watch, so you can you can see all the films I'm working on and, and fund and fund each one, and then watch them and propose your own story if you if you got an idea. Oh, right on. Okay, um, okay. Here we go. Here's the trailer. Let me go ahead and jump on over here. Is it playing there? No, it doesn't want to pull up for some reason. I, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely at the page, but it's just uh, it's spinning. It's not um... do the YouTube channel. Okay, all right. So, okay, so which one? There's a number of them. The uh, uh, the, the uh, there's the Kulak one. There is the nitrogen explanation. Yeah, 
The, the first one. The oldest one. The oldest one. So that would be the Kulak one? Yeah, you can just play the Kulak one. That, that's okay. basically the first three minutes of the film. Okay. So I show some Stalin and these dekulakization process. Because yeah. in the 1930s, if people don't know, Stalin uh made a war on the on russia's farmers at the time there's a lot of historical parallels so in the soviet period like russia used to be the largest grain producer of the world in this case it's cattle farmers it's not grain farmers but in 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 russia the the russian kulaks or small farmers were the largest grain producers of the world and they were also resistant to the central authority and he went and and made slowly made war on them until he finally gave thirty thousand people pistols and just told them to run out and shoot them. You know, wow. So they really it got pretty bad. Yeah. So I, I, I played these clips to draw the parallels. Where like Stalin. Anyway, play it. You'll you'll hear it. it. Yeah. It's an apt comparison. Yeah. Here we go. A belligerent Stalin addresses a closed party session in October 1925. He declares war on Russia's farmers. The Kulaks are traditional enemies of central authority. He lashes out. Kulaks are the stronghold of counter-revolution. Rise up in arms against the Kulaks. Liquidate the Kulak class. Netherlands is one of many nations that's been taking measures to reduce its nitrogen pollution and a number of farms may have to be closed down. In order to restore nature we have to reduce the number of animals in the Netherlands. Part of the Dutch plan is to buy out farms which are uh, being seen as being uh, pollutant. Lots of questions about their future so they want some answers from the government what will happen to us. Environmental groups have said more reductions, more cattle has to disappear. They are using the narrative of nitrogen to, to get rid of us. But um, actually we're doing a very important part. We're feeding the Netherlands, we're feeding a big part of Europe. The population is rising, so consumption is rising, but we want to cut production. This is very unlogical. What if people just were encouraged to eat less meat or to, you know, eat less dairy? They're taking away the security. And of course, they have all these ideas about where we could get our food from in the future. But this is not at all reassuring. Bill Gates and big names in Hollywood are pushing to eat bugs as a way to prevent climate change. Bugs are high in protein and could replace the high intake of beef, chicken, and pork. Critics against eating meat say raising these animals is adding to pollution. And as the world tries to cut back on pollutants to save the planet, people's source of food could be affected. The intention sounds so great. Everybody wants to save the planet, save the earth. Great, great, great. It's just like praise, praise God. Praising God is always great. But if you look at the consequences, it just means you make everything so much expensive that you create uh, abject poverty for you uh, destroy the, the middle class you make the lower class even poorer and you only have a small elite in their networks 
Ministers en mensen van grote natuurorganisaties, zoals Greenpeace, de vogelbescherming en natuurmonumenten, gaan er praten over de stikstofplannen. Het probleem wordt alleen maar erger, dus je moet gewoon nu wat doen. Boze boeren die op verschillende plaatsen in het land protesteren. De boeren voeren ook vandaag weer actie. Op dit moment wordt de brug op de N2. UN-experts concluded the world needs to cut the amount of nitrogen emissions in half to avoid disastrous consequences. The manure is in the Netherlands, which is ammonia, which is a, a form of uh, nitrogen, which is bad for the environment, bad for nature. And they have declared that nitrogen is the major problem. Well, I'm an expert in nitrogen. And I dare to say it is not. So, this is when, like in the context of this story, this is the first time that I've ever heard someone raising the alarm about nitrogen. In fact, in to, to the contrary, in recent years, I've heard people raising the alarms about us not having enough nitrogen. Uh, bat guano is a major source of nitrogen and ammonia that's used in fertilizers. Uh, with the um, uh, kind of acceptance of people smoking and growing marijuana in recent years, uh, the supply of bat guano has been kind of stretched to the breaking point because people are using it to grow weed instead of using it to grow uh, crops for foods. And as a result of that, yeah. you know, there's only a couple of places in the world where we have like stable, reliable sources of this stuff. And uh, one of those major sources, I believe, I'm going to say it was like Saudi Arabia or something like that. It was a, a place where there was a large cave with a bunch of bats. Anyways, it, they, they anticipate that it's going to no longer produce enough for the world to use. And so, you know, here in a circumstance like this, where, you know, apparently this is bad for the environment, it just seems like it's an obvious way for us to kind of solve one problem uh, while also at the same time solving another. But I don't believe it, James. I don't believe that nitrogen is actually bad for the environment. It's just absolutely insane. Well, they're, they're choosing the most common elements of nature to to then to regulate, to control people. So it's like carbon is like all life on Earth is carbon. We're all carbon based right. life forms. So it's like it's like saying if you're if you can make people believe that carbon is pollution, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's like the church used to do. They'd say, oh, well, you're born in sin. So give us your money. I mean, it's like here they're saying you're you're pollution, you're you're carbon, like you're you're sinful and dirty. Give us pay pay all these taxes. <laughs> and, and, you know, it always happens to be some international scheme with some international bank that all these international bankers are c- cooking up to screw us. So in this case, they're also now they're saying, OK, nitrogen is pollution. And 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 even though it's like 70 percent of the air, it's, it's critical. To, to, it's the main macronutrient. In, in fertilizers, you have nitrogen, potassium, phosphate. These are the three macronutrients you need to grow grow things. And then there's like 100 micronutrients of minerals and things. But these three things, nitrogen is the most important. And and to so to call that pollution is is just it's really absurd on its face. But I mean, okay, maybe there would be some case if some cows were pooping by the by a river and then, or or like a pond and then you know some algae grows or something like that. And some in some isolated cases like that, it might make sense. And then you could just like not have them crap by the pond so much. I mean, it's there's ways of mitigating these things when they are an issue, but to just declare them all an issue, cook up cook up these crazy computer models. And Linda Boom was saying in the interview, he was like. He was like, you know, there's the variability in these models of 95%. So, like, 
they're just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, yeah. So um, I think there's a reason they're choosing super common elements of nature because it's a great scam. Now, my hope is with this film is that like that people haven't been propagandized on this story that nitrogen is pollution that much yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's very little, you know, they've been, we've been hammered this global warming carbon theory for 30 years, but people haven't been hammered the nitrogen thing. So I think there's like a way in here, even with left greeny type, big global warmer type people to, to, to see through this, to say, look, this doesn't make any sense. You know, like now that it, like 15 years ago, they did switch the narrative to say, okay, well, it's not global warming, it's climate change. And then mm-hmm. kind of anything under the sun could be thrown under there. But, and so they're, they're kind of doing that with this nitrogen thing they're, they're but the, really the argument they're making in Holland is not ha- have anything to do with car- climate change, global warming. It's strictly that, Get this. It took me like a week to understand what the hell the government policy is, but they're saying that on the Nature 2000 areas, this is the official government position of why they want to get rid of their farmers, is that out of 150 common plants in Holland, they want to arbitrarily protect 10 to 15 low nitrogen consuming plants on the Nature 2000 areas. Those include little plants like orchids. They don't need a lot of nitrogen. They grow very short. So they're arguing that the nettles grow like nettles will grow high next to an orchid and give shade on the orchid. And then the poor orchid won't survive so well if you have too high nitrogen levels. So th- therefore we need to bankrupt like, you know, our Dutch farmers and, and, and nationalize a third of the land. And so it's just, when you, so I interviewed the, the, the chief minister who's pushing this thing. And I was like, can you tell me the list of the plants, please? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, "Oh, I don't know what they are. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't remember what they are. The orchids, you know." And, and but it's just like, if you believe that this is about protecting orchids, which is a common plant on 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 some arbitrarily designated sand dunes as nature areas, I mean, like, you know, you believe anything. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. I don't. It's it's totally frivolous. And most people don't even know what I just told you. I mean, like. I, I had to get my head wrapped around that. And then, you know, anyway, it's if people understood what the real objective of the policy was, what I just explained, like no one would be going along with this. So they, they say things like, oh, we're promoting biodiversity or we want to save nature. You know, you heard that clip, save nature. Well, uh, that's not saving nature. No, you're if arbitrarily you really, if you, favoring one thing over another. Yeah, some plants like it, some don't. And then it's like, if you really wanted nature to rewild and go back to nature, you just let it go. You wouldn't do anything and trees would grow. You know, they're saying, no, 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 we don't want a tree to grow because that eats too much nitrogen. So it's like, what are you, gardening? You're like gardening the different You're like, let it rewild. If you really want nature, let it reforest, you know? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't I mean, make it's, any sense. It's the de- definition of absurd. Um, so it... <laughs> Considering the fact that so many people are going to be affected by this, I mean, have there been anyone like has there been anyone in the public like going on mainstream media or, you know, actively like really speaking about this in a loud voice as like a counter to the argument from the government and the NGOs? I mean, is your film it or is there are there people in the Netherlands that have uh, some level of political and, and uh, uh, you know, popularity so that they can get out there and talk about this and, and people will listen? Or is everybody just buying it? 
I mean, there are a lot of political politicians and people speaking against it. Um, mm-hmm. how, how how widely they're heard is another question. You know, um, that's what I'm I'm dealing with now. It's like, do I just give this film away for free online, and then like just some people who are awake they see it or what value is that really you know with with all of my work really it's like i'm i'm trying to i'm doing better stuff than most people do i have cinema sure. grade equipment it's quality it's the same mics and that they use in in hollywood films so it's like i don't just want to be king of the conspiracy videos it's like I'd, I'd rather get this into film festivals and get it to a broader audience i think this story has a has the ability to break through to a, a mainstream audience and and really Really, really, who I want to speak to is the greenies and the people buying these narratives, not the people that are already awake, but the ones that like, right. hey, like this, you are being bamboozled into something that isn't right. And this isn't about the environment or the ozone layer or the nitrogen levels or the cow poops. It's about like, <laughs> it's about taking people's land and taking their freedom. And like, I even showed one video that was so funny. I found one video of a guy who made a machine because there's all these machines to collect the urine of the cows now because mm-hmm. they're saying that like ammonia is, is pollution. And so this one guy invented a cow urinal. <laughs> it's like this this machine that like rubs the cow and then it pees in a bucket. And then and I was like, what? What did they do? What did they push these people to do? Like they're like <laughs> pushing them to massage their cows. Like for what? Because they, I mean, ammonia because the grass will grow greener if the cow pees in the ground. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it just like. I feel like I feel like with just like a little bit of deprogramming, this is an like a very easy argument that can be made. I mean, just to counter the insanity that they're trying to claim is going to ensue as a result of cows peeping, peeping, peeing and pooping all over these fields. And as you said, I mean, they've been doing it for hundreds of years. I mean, half a millennia they've been doing it. And the countryside is beautiful there. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the guy said for every manure I, I bring to my neighbor's farm, I have to do a laboratory report and file all these government forms to bring manure to the neighbor's field. I mean, get your head around that. You know, yeah. I mean, what are they doing? You know, they, they, they're pushing these people to madness and so they'll go to Romania and, and just farm there where they don't have to do that. So what's going to happen? I mean, if they really care about food quality and all this stuff, and you know, is it so then they shut off the Dutch farmers, right? For making cow meat there. Then the cow meat's gonna come from Brazil. It's gonna come from Romania. Yeah. It's gonna come it's gonna come from places with less with less regulations and less mm-hmm. stringent health requirements or, or 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 stipulations of what you can feed the, the animals and stuff like that. So so like, is that better? Even if you buy all these narratives of theirs, is it is it better if if you if they if it comes from Romania and Brazil and not from Holland, I mean, think about that. Like, none, none of this makes any sense. No, I mean, certainly it's going to result in a redistribution of wealth and, and a redistribution of services and, and uh, availability of these products. Uh, you know, I mean, th- it seems like there is, there's a lot of different layers here. I mean, obviously, the land grab, that's a pretty simple one. You know, I think that uh, rewilding and uh, and taking over countryside and, and not allowing people to live there. I mean, that's something that I, the elites have been working on for quite some time. And obviously, Western Europe, I mean, one of the most heavily populated places on Earth. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like there is, I, I mean... 
in in respect to like the landmass of Europe, I mean, you said what portion of Holland are they trying to take? This is like fifty percent of the country. Thirty five percent, yeah. Thirty five. They, they want to national right out. Yeah, it's, it's just so, crazy. A lot. And so, yeah, it's it's a crazy story. Uh, just, I have a couple of uh, super chats from Rumble. Salty Zero said, uh, "Carbon net zero is impossible." The unfortunate thing is that young people don't think of that. Another attack on our children. Yeah, I mean, James, with the quality of education reducing by, you know, orders of magnitude each generation, you know, people stop thinking about these things in the same way. You know, as as a child of the the 80s and the 90s, you know, I mean, the idea of uh, climate change, global warming as a result of carbon dioxide just seemed absurd to me. It was like one of the first things I said when they told us that, too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere will create the greenhouse effect. And I'm like, well, the greenhouse effect, isn't that going to create more plants because they're going to breathe it? It's going to be warmer. It'll be tropical and things will be more beautiful. So, I mean, you know, it'll kind of take care of itself in a cycle. And now I, I don't know that people at you know, younger people would have that same level of insight when they're thinking about this, because since the moment they come out of the womb, they're just being bombarded with a, a variety of different types of propaganda coming from all different sources. You know, you are the problem. People are the problem. The food we eat is the problem. And so, therefore, we got to get rid of you and we got to start by getting rid of the things that you produce and the things that you use. Yeah, it's sad to see people imbibe the the mentality of the elites that don't want them around. So they'll be like, oh, I'm pollution. I shouldn't exist. I shouldn't have children. It's sad to see a little girl say, I don't want to have kids when I grow up. You know, I'm 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 pollution. I shouldn't exist. I should kill myself. I shouldn't have children. I mean, it's like this very anti-human, sad mentality, you know, that, which is the way these kind of dark elite people are looking at things. They're going, oh, these people are trash. Get rid of them. They're pollution, you know. We shouldn't have them around. And they've propagandized them to, to, to view themselves that way, which is really sad to see, you know. So we really need kind of a pro, more pro-human or like life kind of attitude of, you know, making all these films and all these dark things. I really think we need to start talking about the, the positive principles that where we should go with all, you know, from here. Because we're going to have to kind of rebuild and 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 start thinking noble ideas again and and not get sucked into all this this negativity. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Uh Ron E79 over on Rumble also said the media has always have the media has always tried to make us scared of bats. <laughs> Rabies and they will get caught in your hair. BS. Uh yeah, I, you know, I've I've always been kind of fascinated by bats uh myself. I mean, I they're, they're kind of neat when they're flying around and as a, a young boy in the city, if you see a bat swoop by, then I, it's it's like, you know, it's it's a it's a cool day if you get to see something neat like that. Um okay, so here's the thing. What is the best possible solution that we have here? Uh obviously getting people to see this movie, but uh, you know, what are we doing about future generations? You know, what do you think we can do locally in our homes, in our communities uh, to try to offset the damage that's being done to our children? I mean, I think people can eat eat better food. They can eat local food, like organic food or whatever. Just not buy into these big companies, these mm-hmm. big mass industrial food. Don't eat that impossible meat. You know, like I recently or last year, I bought half a cow from a neighbor. 
Um, and I still got a ton in my freezer, like literally a ton, <laughs> but it's like the meat, the meat is so good. It's like 10 times better than anything I get at the store, even, even the organic stuff. And so it's like, I think just, yeah, I mean, really, you know, I know, I know this stuff costs more and it's like a lot of Americans really feel like an eggs and eggs and a, and a, a piece of bread's a piece of bread, but like, you know, a lot of the wheat in the U S they spray with all this glyphosate stuff, which, oh, yeah. which causes a lot of like problems with your gut and your biome and, and just, you know, I mean, the, the genetically modified stuff, I mean, all the sugars are GM beet sugars and stuff. I mean, it's just a lot of crappy food out there. So I think, you know, cleaning up your food, what you're eating, you know, um, I've cut back on my drinking. I was drinking <laughs> Planet lockdown. I think I was drinking a little more, but it was a like, lot of people. Did, but, yeah. yeah. And then like, I think, yeah, just eating well, supporting like local farmers and like, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, like you're saying, educate your kids better. Don't, don't turn off the TV and, and live your life, you know, read a book. I don't know <laughs> if people read and get involved in politics too. I mean, I, I would actually encourage people to, to get involved with politics. Like I kind of went down the libertarian road, we went almost an, like anarchist with the with freedom. And we should. I was going to ask government. if I was going to ask if you were at Anarchapoco when you mentioned that you were at a conference in, uh, in yeah. Acapulco. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, I spoke <laughs> cool. there. Yeah, yeah, no, but I just, but I, but I think like we really. I almost think that's a, that's kind of a psyop too, in a sense that yeah. if you're so. If if you cop if you cop out and and don't do anything about anything, I think there's a lot of themes um, observing these movements for a long time and being from DC and studying psychological operations and these things. It really does look like there's a lot of this tune in. You know, like uh, Timothy Leary in the '60s oh, yeah. promoted LSD and he got LSD from the CIA and promoted it mm-hmm. right at the time they had a big war movement. So it's kind of like. He, and his tagline was like "Tune in, turn on, drop out." Yes. There's a lot of those themes that, in in Arcapuco, and 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 in a lot of you know even Ludwig von Mises advocated some kind of stuff like that in some sense. So I do I do get a little nervous now with some of the Austrian economic stuff promoting apathy and and just secession and opting out. Da, 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 da. It's like yeah, I, I agree. We should all be free. This smaller government is, and even regional governments, or even you know, it comes down to your own body. Are you free? You know, your, your your rights come from God, not from the government, and and we're we're we've been given free will to decide our own destiny, and like, and if if that's taken away from us, then we don't have any agency in in who we are, and and we we can't really spiritually um, express ourselves. You know, like in the market, if we're free, we have a free market, we'll prosper better. If we have a freer political system, we'll we'll be better off if we're like, and then we have spiritually, we have free will. So this kind of a trinity of freedom or this theme of freedom, if we live in a communist technocratic tied up world, you know, like actually I think our, our karmic ability to grow would, would, would dramatically reduce. And we just be, wouldn't, we wouldn't be spiritually advancing it that much. Mm-hmm. Like you know, <laughs> imagine a life in a, in a, where you're born in a box and you can only buy, fake meats or whatever, like, or like widgets that, that the great, great communist widgets, they get, they, they sell you, you know, like, I mean, what, what, what kind of life is that? Are you really, are you going to fall in love? I mean, are you going to like experience things? Like I, I even see it a lot today, even like younger people aren't, aren't experiencing as much as they were when I was growing up. They, mm-hmm. 
they're not they're not having as many relationships they're on the phones more they're not they're not uh interacting with each other they're more coddled and and infantilized like so i really think we have to to get out there and like live life and, and be brave i mean like a friend of mine asked me today like what so what's the solution or do we um should we just trust you know what i said i told him like god acts through us not for us you know yes it's like we 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 we're given we're here to to live the life fully not to trust the plan or sit back and and think that you know i i have some trouble with some of the christian stuff too cuz they're saying like oh well god will take care of everything and like like yeah i think in some sense yeah but that doesn't mean he doesn't want you to act or or like I agree. fulfill your own destiny you're here for a reason to act and like, and don't be afraid about it. It's like, what, what, what is there to fear? Like, okay. So like, I don't know, you have a tough time and like, you got, you got a Promethean uphill, uphill battle. But does that mean like, I, that doesn't mean it wasn't, it, it was probably a richer life worth living, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, fine. Be, be a wimp about it and don't do anything and just sit back, take your check, take your government check and like, and what? you know, you're going to regret it when you die. So, mm-hmm. I mean, every, everything, pe- everything we do, we should sit, think about it. Like with we're in our deathbed, would this be, would this be the action that I, I want to live with? You know? Absolutely. No, we have a very similar philosophy. I, I you know, for me personally, I, I have a strong faith, uh, but that's, uh, that's all about knowing that uh, I will be provided for, but I have to be the one actually making the moves. You know, I mean, it's like you like you said, God gives you free will so that you can act on the things that you're taught, on the things that you're shown, on the experiences that you have to go through uh, as you grow and, and as you kind of give back to life, uh, you know, based upon what you're bringing in. And, you know, I definitely, definitely never advocate for people to just sit back and wait for something to happen, because I think that the only way that we could possibly be successful in overturning, you know, let's be honest, hundreds of years of conditioning and uh, and, and work that these elites have been doing. I mean, they've been uh, setting themselves up to so they so that we can get to this point now where it's so easy to just take everything away from us. You know, people have trusted the government, they've trusted their institutions, and they believe that everything would be fine. And it's it's clear that that's not really the case. You know, I mean, there are things that we can trust, there are things that we can never trust, and things that we thought we could that we will never be able to trust again. Uh, but more than anything, we've got to be the ones who are, are taking over from that failed and broken system that's currently in place. Totally, yeah. Yeah, there's no... Uh... No, there's no easy way out. But I think, yeah. So anyway, I, I want to spend more of my time going forward on positive ideas because because it's like we all know what the problem is. You know, we know where we don't want to be, but let's really think more about where we do want to be. Like, um, and 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 think about and work towards that. So, so, so how? How is it for you living in Washington, D.C.? I mean, I, for me personally, I mean, I just think that that's hell on earth. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy it. But I mean, I, I'm just wondering, you know, what you're doing there for yourself locally and for the people that you love. I was, I was born and raised there. I don't live there anymore. Oh, OK. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Um, but, I'm going to go ahead and open up the phones, you guys. If you have any questions about th- this film, if you have any questions about uh, James's past work, uh, uh, questions about uh, making movies in general, uh, I encourage you to call in. I'm going to go ahead and drop. Uh, do, I'm sorry. Are we going to say something? Yeah. I, also, I'm making another film on the fertility effects of the vaccines as well. We could talk oh, about good. that. Oh, yeah. Well, let, let, like let's put it on for people, if they're if women are, um, it's about women. It's called "Where's My Period." Mm-hmm. So, if if any women are experiencing like early menopause or miscarriages or massive hemorrhaging after the vaccine, they they should contact me at info at bigpicture.watch. I I would uh, absolutely love to help get you in touch with people on this. I mean, this is something I've thought about quite a bit because uh, we've you know recently they've been talking about the reduced fertility rates that people are seeing. And I also saw an announcement that I think it was Getter is planning on offering pure blood sperm to people who want to have babies and are unable to perhaps as a result of getting the jab. And to be honest with you, this is something that I suggested like a year and a half ago. Like, you know, people who are not vaccinated, uh, donating sperm to sperm banks, it's probably going to be gold here in the future. And uh, I think it likely could be, you know, I mean, uh, there's uh, there's obviously a major problem that's uh, kind of brewing out there right now. And for the people who are alive at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones that propagate the species. And uh, if you perhaps have taken the jab and you're unable to have children naturally, then this would be an excellent way to go about it. All right. So what's that uh, email address one more time? So if people can uh, get in touch with you, they will. It's info at bigpicture.watch. Info at bigpicture.watch. Okay, excellent. And we've got our first caller on the line, TikToks. Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Hey there. Uh, let me get my uh, actual camera going here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Green screen. All right. Hey, uh, how's it going, Rippo? Nice to meet you. All right. See you again. And sir, nice to. I didn't catch his name. I just caught the what you have in the uh, moniker on Foxhole and what you were talking about. But my, I got a gist of it. Um, James Patrick. Okay. Nice to meet you. My question is this to both of you, uh, gentlemen, is. The all th- I've noticed a big push towards a climate religion. Oh, sure. And yeah. I did, I mean, I'm not here to promote my stuff, but I did do a video of it. And back all the way back in when they had the climate summit, they also had dudes up on the mountain breaking tablets hmm. of, the, of their Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. At the breaking, Sinai. breaking the Ten Commandments? Yeah, like bright. Yes, they were up there, and it's in the film that I'm I, in the in the video that I created. I'm trying to do a series of their commandments and how they're trying to change the Ten Commandments to their commandments and the climate commandments. Quite, yes, and it you, everybody should look into it. Not not go look at my film or anything like that. I'm not here to promote that. I'm here just to that's okay. Ask that and push I, that. <laughs> I think it's totally fine if you want to tell people where they can watch it because it sounds interesting. It's on Rumble. It's on Rumble under my name. It's called uh, Is Climate the New Religion? And All right. 
So, so James, what, what do you think about that? I mean, I think he's absolutely right. I mean, the the people, on, like the most radical of the people on the left and these activists, uh, they are devoid of faith. They have nothing to believe in. And so this, you know, climate, climate science or perhaps, you know, the uh, the political uh, cause du jour that they subscribe to, I mean, that becomes their religion. Thoughts? Yeah, I think there's there's been a big push to basically what it looks like is I think subvert a lot of the religions. Like um there's there's definitely I've read about this for 20 years like they're, they're pushing this kind of new age faith with climate climate environmentalism mm-hmm. and then also attacking all the existing faiths. And I don't think it's just in in the like western Christian world, although I think there's extra special attention on here, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely promoting this kind of new age religion maury strong and in, in uh in the un who looks kind of like a rothschild lackey or something he was yeah. he was like uh he, he did millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as cbd this new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Natural NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com
human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Did the big Noah's Ark like float and bought the big in the oil sector in Canada and and he uh, he held this big summit on world religions that one of my interviews Astrid Stuckelberger helped organize this world religion expo thing in the UN and many years ago and then she's like after that like all these all of these leaders started getting taken down and attacked and and it's like now all the churches are all these creepy people but there's a lot of new age overtones to. Also, to the QAnon material now is kind of merging with the with they're they're taking like kooky Christian stuff with the, with New Age religion and mixing it with QAnon material now. There, there, so there's they, def- wow. definitely a sect of people out there that are doing that, you know, and and also with like the Arcturians and the Pleiadians, and it's uh, yeah. I, it, it, I think I think they're different operations they were running and manipulating. Probably and now you can see. You can see that the authorship that they're mixing them, and this, you see that in the Q material. They're mixing weird evangelical stuff, QAnon material, Trump mess, son of Zionist messianic stuff, with with New Age garbage, mm-hmm. and like it's just. And, and you got to hand it to him. I mean, how you could get an evangelical Christian to to get into New Age stuff is pretty wild. Like, I mean, you got to hand it to him. Uh, yeah, it t- takes yeah. a fair amount of uh, uh, of uh, attention and and skill as well. <laughs> yeah, I had read about this ten years ago, but I didn't think they could. I was like, "This is so kooky," but now it's it's really up there. It's out there. Yeah, it's 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 being pushed out there really hardcore. So along with the whole transhumanism stuff and like how they want to like, I mean, how Elon wants to put chips in our heads, and then they're they're this uh Yusuf guy or what I can't remember his name, that skinny bald headed guy that's like at the uh uh he's talking about like how the world needs to move from like humans to being like transhumans and how we're all gonna be connected to the data and stuff like that or to the web and stuff like that. It's all weird and they're trying to push it all together at one time and it's just like the world's waking up to it and they're like, No, we don't want this and some people out there are they they want to be connected like matrix and with plug in the back of their head so <laughs> uh, who, who wouldn't but, who wouldn't want to learn french in in 10 seconds um real right, briefly right. uh low country brooklyn thank you very much she dropped the email info at big picture dot watch i would imagine there's probably going to be a couple of people out there who get in touch with you so uh she also said yes yeah. james Lindsay frequently speaks about the shift towards a u.n driven one world gnosticism absolutely new discourses is is his youtube channel and website highly suggest it's all communism that it yeah, is it, it, it's a big eugenics push to me yeah, a lot of this goes back, like the UN original name of the publishing company was like Lucius Trust. Uh, oh, yes. So like this, the, the, the spiritualist in the late 1800s. Madame Blavatsky. Of, like Alice Bailey, a lot of the, yeah, Blavatsky. And then there was Alice Bailey who was very involved with the early UN stuff. Um, I think she ran the Lucius Trust, if I remember correctly. But there was like a lot of this New Age stuff was back in the very beginnings of the UN and the League of Nations and stuff. So I... Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was more of a psyop. Maybe these people are, are believing into some of this stuff. I'm not sure. Like, I just to give you another parallel, it was like this whole training thing. I find we're just totally unhinged and crazy. And absolutely, I did this one. I found this one. This one really great feminist journalist named uh, uh, Jennifer Bielek. And she was a feminist, anti-tranny investigator. She has this great blog, 11thHourBlog.com. And she's just like, they're they're expropriating our feminist movement into this weird, there's a bunch of gay men promoting lawyer tranny stuff in the name of in the name of women when they're not women, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. this, this is total fraud. So anyway, I, I just it, put that out. Interesting. I find it so blatantly offensive. Like, it's like a big slap in the face to women all around the world. Like, you know, all of the accomplishments, you know, women's liberation, you know, feminism, it's all being erased because women are being replaced with biological men who get surgery to look like you know, women as much as they can, you know, they're being pushed out of sports. They're being pushed out of uh, the uh, they just gave a, an award to a, a, a tranny, uh, like a women's something. I don't know. It was like an international women's day. They gave it to a biological yeah. man. It seems so absurd. And then, you know, people are out there attacking the women who are saying, hey, hold on. There is a difference between a man who identifies as a woman and a woman who's biologically a woman. They want to erase all that. I think at the end of the day, this is also part of the uh, kind of extinction agenda, uh, you know, as another locus of control. If they can completely sterilize the human race and make it only possible to have children through artificial means, which, of course, would be provided by the state, then, you know, they can go ahead and do that. They take women out of the uh, equation altogether. James, did you happen to see the other day that they actually successfully created baby mice from the DNA of two male mice, which, of course, they said was for future use in same-sex couples or uh, in couples with a man and a a trans-identifying woman? No, I didn't see that, but but it's consistent with with, with, with Jennifer Bielek's work. So she was saying it's really transsexual. The transsexual issue is really about transhuman. Mm-hmm. And like one, one guy, so I'll name two names. This one was this guy, Martin Rothblatt, who's a billionaire, big biotech guy. He, or now a girl, and he, he, he's founded XM Radio and wrote the, this brilliant lawyer. He wrote the UN Charter of, of training rights and and but but wrote a book in 2010 called called uh transsexual to transhuman and oh, transgender to transhuman this is from 2010 he's the protege of of ray kurzweil from google everyone oh, yes. should see this really weird called transcendent man about ray kurzweil and oh i've seen it talk he talks about his daddy for like half an hour straight. It's like the sick guy. <laughs> he is. If I could only bring my daddy back, and you're like, this guy has issues, dude. He's twisted. Wow. I mean, it's like it just sounds like he's and got so issues. Anyway, and, and the governor of Illinois, Pritzker, his cousin is is also this fat guy who's cut his dick off. Total full on tranny. Has a multi billion dollar like foundation that funds the crap out of this stuff. He he throws around ten million dollars, ten million dollars to hospitals. He's throwing billions of dollars around the country to hospitals to open up gender clinics and 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 use all this language on the condition that they take these funds. Mm-hmm. So they're just sloshing around in medicine, education, government, legal, all this stuff, and then get, getting all this stuff adopted. That's that's how it, it sprung up around us so quickly. Yeah. So it's this top down 
elitist thing. But I guess my, my the thing that is puzzling me is like I always thought this is a psyop or a, a propaganda to confuse people. But what's really going on is like these people doing it are believing it. They mm-hmm. did do these surgeries themselves. They are confused themselves. They were probably molested at a young age and, and yeah. just completely damaged ridiculous people. And and it's not it's not our duty as healthy people to to say that that's okay, you know. I mean, they need help. They don't need, yeah. But they're they're pushing a sicko vision of like they're stuck in childhood, man. I mean, like you seen that that film Ray Ray Kurzweil is a is a kid stuck in childhood. That guy mm-hmm. is damaged. Yeah, he was probably molested by his father. It's, it's speaking like that on that in that film, the way he was, and I'm sure all these other creeps were too. You know, oh, yeah. they have no right to be pushing on our kids and, and and anyway so what what surprised me is i thought it was a subversive movement and then when i read jennifer Bielek's work i'm like man these people are actually believing it and i, I think there's still a heavy subversive element to it but well it's it's again it's multi-layered you know i mean there are certainly going to be those within that movement that buy their own bullshit and go ahead and uh, alter themselves in in uh, ways which are unrecoverable. Uh, but then, obviously, I think they are looking to just destabilize society and push us kind of closer to the brink as quickly as they possibly can. Uh, you know, and I also think with the the, the transgender movement, uh, I think there's a large part of it that is about the sexual abuse of children. I mean, they are sexualizing kids, you know, at such a young age. I mean, like, it, it, they've been getting worse and worse and worse about it, and now it's just so blatant. You know, toddlers at these drag shows and you know i mean just like as blatant as you can possibly get and you know when it comes to like the transgender thing as well i mean that's like the physical manifestation of baphomet you know i mean it's like the only thing they're missing is the goat head you know i mean it is like this uh the, the the ultimate transhumanist agenda that's so that point that you made earlier i think was right on uh tick we, we got to go on to one of the next callers so i yeah, just want to give an yeah, opportunity I was about to I was about to uh, tell you, I saw some people uh, asking for the link in the chat. Is it okay if I drop it in Foxhole for Yeah, pl- absolutely. For drop drop okay. it over there. Yep. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, thanks again so, for uh, letting me come on and ask my question. Absolutely. I'm thanks sorry. For being the what was the name again? Uh, my name is uh, Tick, Tick Talks, and the name of the video is... Climate is the New Religion. Yes. I mean, it's a new... Okay. Thank you. Appreciate I'll it. drop it here in the. I'll drop it here in the chat in Zoom as well. There you go. There you Perfect. go. I just dropped and it too. Cool. Thank you. Cool. All right. Thank you, thank Ripple. You. I appreciate it. Y'all have a uh, very blessed night, and see y'all later. Peace. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Excellent. And then also, Low Country Brooklyn said the UN changed gender to gender identity in 2019. All NGOs, nonprofits, corps, and educational institutions followed. UNESCO-driven DPI to medical industrial complex complex pipeline through SEL hashtag public education. Next caller, you're on the air. Hi, Zach. This is DJ. I thought it was you, you, DJ. How are you tonight? I've had one of the most terrible weeks of my life this week. Oh, buddy, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? Well, so I'm going to give you the short, in the shortest way possible. A year ago, um, my mother passed away on Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. About sorry. two and a half months ago, my sister had an aneurysm and almost died. Mm. On Monday... I'm speaking to my sister on the phone. She's taking care of her grandkids. She's like, hold on a minute. I'll call you back. Hang up the phone with her. She calls me back. She was doing something with the kids. 
She calls me back like 45 minutes later, and I'm expecting to pick up the conversation from where we started. And she ends up telling me, I just found your brother dead in his room in his bed. Oh, my God. This was Sunday afternoon. And Why did he then, do it? How did he do it? Was well, I don't he know. I, I, I would think he it's the shots. I, I think it's the shots. No, nothing's going to convince me that it's not the shots. So they were all vaccinated. He's, yeah, yeah. Remember, I, remember I've been telling you that. Yeah, yeah. So, so all week... You know what I've been doing? Hmm. I've been trying to find his body. I can't find his body, so I can cremate him. Oh my God! So what? The the health I'm department or something? All over the city. Uh, well, the coroner took him. My sister gave me the number. I'm calling up. Nobody's answering the phone. And my cousin is a police officer. My so my cousin's like call this number. So I call that number, and it's like the emergency twenty four hour number. And I get a recording that tells me if I have an emergency to call the same number that I'm on the recording with. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I can't find this kid. Yeah, physically go down there. Yeah. So is Here's there this. is there a physical location that you could try to go down to? Uh, he could be anywhere in the city. And that's why I'm trying to locate his body because from what I know is that if, okay, so my family lives in the Bronx, but they could take him anywhere in the city once the coroner does their job. Okay. So if he's in Brooklyn, it's the funeral home that does the cremation. So mm-hmm. if he's in Brooklyn, I'm going to have to pay extra for them to ship the body to the Bronx. Good God. To be cremated and then for me to so to pick up the ashes. So it's cheaper if I have him cremated like where the local vicinity of where his body is. Of course. And then go pick up the ashes. But I, I can't find him. I just can't find him. It's it's ridiculous. God, it's I'm so sorry broke. dealing with that. That's awful. Oh yeah. I was I'm, <laughs> it took me back. I mean it is really deep, and he's only 14 months older than me, so, wow. <laughs> you know, that's really deep. But yeah. anyway, enough of that. Um, I've been dealing with that all week. But I wanted to say something about what you guys were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that I'm living proof of this. Um, you guys were saying about how God helps those who help themselves, mm-hmm. and that you have to do something. You don't have to do yeah. anything. The only thing you have to do for God to act is have faith and pray. That's it. You don't have to take any action. Anything that God wants you to succeed at, you don't need to take any action. He's going to make sure you succeed, whether you do anything or not. He's going to make sure you get where he needs you to be. That that I am living proof of. And well, I, 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 give you several I don't I don't dispute that. I mean, I my my point was you know, you can't just sit around waiting for the world to happen around you. You know, I mean, you have to be actively involved in your life, and that includes you know doing the things that God wants you to do. But certainly, you're on the path that God wants you to be on, and you know that's that's indisputable. I, I don't I don't dispute that at all. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. Somewhat, <laughs> somewhat. I, I really, I was having this discussion with somebody yesterday, and they were telling me, "Oh, they need to accumulate all this wealth." And I'm like, "What do you need so much money for?" And they're like, "Oh, because I want to do this, and because you know, I need this money so I can help God." And I'm like, "God doesn't need your help, sure. and God doesn't need you to have money. 
God doesn't need you to do anything but have faith. That's all you need to do and pray. I see what um, you're saying. I understand. That's my thought anyway. That's, that's, that's something that, that I've lived, lived in, in, and that has manifested itself more times than not in my life that I just like I was anxious and I wanted to do something about a certain situation. And then the next set, second, I'm like, no, I don't need to do anything about this. I need to pray and put this in God's hand and he's going to take care of it. And it has manifested itself. Whereas that every time that I try to insert myself and do something, things seem to go the wrong way. Yeah. So I mean, a long time of life to, to realize that well, I need to just put it on God and let him do his work. James, go ahead. I mean, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I, I'm I'm a friend of Bill. So, like, you know, what you're saying resonates with me, and I absolutely understand it. But, James, go ahead. Yeah, I agree, too. I mean, I think you, you have to be you, – you can't kind of think that you can micromanage or think the way things are going to unfold. But you do have to take the actions and be on the path and be in alignment with God's law. So, so – when you're in the when you're in the zone, you're on the path. You're being you're doing what's right. Things just come together in a spiritual way, and and yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, it's also a subjective aesthetic thing. Like if money, I mean, someone's chasing after money. We got a lot of a problem with that in the U.S. People just want to accumulate money, and then and then what? Then you're empty and you die, and then you're what do you get? What do you bring with you? You know, but I mean, right, right, yeah. So, but it's sort of like exactly. when you. When you're in the zone, when you're acting in faith, God will bring you the solutions. But it's it's in usually it's in ways you didn't expect, mm-hmm. and you got to be open. Exactly. To yeah. That's that's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent. I I could tell you an amazing story right now, but it would take too long, and I'm not going to do. It. But I could tell you an amazing story, and at the end of it, an amazing gift that God gave to me to show me that He was alive and well and working on my behalf. But that's a whole that would take up the whole show. And I don't want to do that. No, right um, on. Right on. Well, um, I think that I think that thing- each and every one of us pr- is probably living proof of this concept. You know, I mean, I, I think that it, we we're all born for a very specific reason in this very unique time and that through our collective actions and presence here on earth, I mean, this is what's going to lead us uh, through, you know, this just difficult period that we're in. Um, You know, we've, 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 people got complacent. I think that people uh, just assumed that uh, we were on the right path and everything was going to be fine. America was sacrosanct and we were never going to lose these things that were so special and intrinsic to what made America, America. But I think that, you know, that blind faith in the system is what brought us to where we are. And so we we're moving out of it now. Right. So the, the other thing that I wanted to touch on, I agree. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on really quick is that I was born in the early sixties. And in the early 70s, they started talking about global warming, but it wasn't global warming. I don't know what the hell they called it. I don't remember. I mean, it was global cooling back then, wasn't it? Weren't they worried about an ice age? When I first (laughs) went into junior high school, it was global cooling. And they said that we were going to have an ice age by the 90s. We were going to like the planet was going to be totally covered in ice. And then they switched it up. Then they started switching. You know, they kept saying it and they kept saying it. And then in the 80s, they did away with all the aerosols because they said the aerosols were burning layer. in the ozone layer. Right. And then they switched it up and they turned it to global warming. 
And then after that didn't work because the earth is getting cooler, now they just call it climate change. Because yeah. either way it goes, they can, you know, they can say, oh, well, this is effect of climate change, which is bullshit. Yes, it's, it's all our bullshit. fault. Bullshit. All of it. Well, it's better because it's even less clear and more amorphous. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bullshit. Like they're saying that cows are gonna like how how a cow's gonna affect the planet. Cows have been around right. since the birth of the planet. And all yeah, of a they're, sudden they're now Go ahead. I mean, that reminds me because I was watching all these anti cow videos and I was like, Oh, the typical <laughs> thing you hear methane. <laughs> the typical thing you hear is like, okay, the methane, the farts, and the burps, and the methane, and then and then it's like, but it's Dutch story. They're saying the nitrogen, the night, the cows, and the nitrogen, and then they say cows in the runoff. And I, it occurred to me, what the hell? Why are they demonizing cows so much? And I was watching these anti-cow videos, and I found these PBS videos, like cow, you know, some trainee looking girl talking about how cows are bad, and then she had this. There was a slide on this on the on the show. And it said, and it said, like twenty five percent of the earth is is used to graze livestock. And then I was like, "Holy moly, that's what this is about!" Because it's it's like what they're doing is they're demonizing cows so they can seize that land. It's about it's Absolutely. about getting control of the land. Yeah. So what they can do is then they can say, "Yeah, I can I can show you guys a picture of it." But basically, they're coming up with like different Iraq war. The Iraqi war, a lot of people thought, you know, oh, they're going there to get oil. And, I, and I'm like, no, I kept telling people they're not going to get oil. Oil has nothing to do with it. They're going to get the water. These people live in the exactly. desert. People in the desert don't need oil. They need water. And what happened post um, the Iraqi war? That's all, all the water in that country is privatized by mostly American companies. Yeah, and there you go. I think, that was I think the whole deal. Control. So part of this story is like you know we've seen Gates buying up a lot of farmland in the U.S. and then here they're nationalizing a third of Holland, and and if they can bandy up enough anti-cow sentiment in the public, then they can say, hey, everyone who's ranching and using any land for livestock. You know, we need to have the government control that land or sell it to these nature organizations, these NGOs, or otherwise get control of it. So I think that's what all this anti-cow propaganda is. Number one is to drive people I mean, to change their diets. And a lot mm -hmm. of cults do that. They get off high-protein food it's and are eating like lentils. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also, well, also I, get control of that I land. I will say this, um, June of this year will make four years since I've eaten meat. And I feel a hell of a lot better since I stopped eating meat. Oh, wow. A See, hell I, of a lot. I was a vegetarian. I tried being a vegetarian for uh, about a year, a little over a year. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I, I got super slim. I was riding my bike like 25 miles a day. But then like when I started eating meat again, it was like I was rejuvenated and I was like, never again. Now I'm, I'm, I'm like paleo. Like that's all I eat is meat basically. <laughs> so, well, listen, uh, DJ, we got to go on to the next caller, buddy, but I, I'm so sorry for your loss and I appreciate you calling in and, uh, and sharing it with us. And I hope that everything all is right. going to be okay with you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And as always, we love you and we know you love us. God bless us all and God bless America. God bless the world. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you soon.
All right, you guys, we've got three people on the line. Uh, this caller is 7826, then Salty0, and then 6781. So don't hang up. We have a half hour left. Next caller, you're on the line. Can we get your name? Caller, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. And what's your name? Uh, my name is James. I'm over here in Florida on the West Coast, not the oh. East Coast. Excellent, James. Fellow Floridian, good to have you. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to give a little back, uh, brief introduction and then a, uh, just two quick questions, and then I'll let you guys address those. Okay. Um, I, uh, I was uh, employed with probably, the I think, the second largest bank right when COVID happened. And, uh, you know, making six figures and doing good work as a software engineer. And uh, just seeing the uh, elements of the VAX, that it had no liability protection, and it was free. And I learned from social media, if you're not paying for it, you are the product. Yep. And so uh, on that note, that, you know, kind of forced my hand to leave that profession and uh, went and took a big pay cut to lay tile um, with my dad, which was his own blessing, but drained my account for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so my question for James, um, I guess would be along the lines of another key factor that, uh, made me not take the shot was the kind of foreshadowing, if you will, that you see in Hollywood symbolism and movies. And I don't know if you've seen that movie or series utopia, um, but you mentioned you're doing a thing with vaccines and the, uh, sterility, um, that pretty much kind of forecasted that. And, uh, so I'm, uh, yeah, uh, is that that scene where the guy says we're going to drive them into these shots and then they're all going to be sterilized? And yeah, is that they, well? No, what what yeah. they did is they yeah they basically uh, created an illness so that everybody would take the vaccine, but the point of the vaccine was just to sterilize everybody. It wasn't necessarily to solve the illness. Um, uh, but I yeah, guess I the other every, question I had was okay. Everyone should know about this this Kenya case. There, there was a. Uh, Children's Health Defense put out a good documentary on on this case where basically Gates funded, Gavi funded, WHO distributed, Serum Institute of India manufactured vaccines, tetanus shots, were sterilizing Kenyan women, and they found out that like 40-50% of the shots had this HCG hormone in it. Now, the Serum Institute later on now produced several billion COVID shots. You know, WHO is the main mm-hmm. distributor of the COVID shots. Gates is one of the main financiers or, or organizers of the financing of these COVID shots. So it's like all the same players. And mm-hmm. so in that case, they were doing 40% temporary infertility ingredients. You know, like they call them fertility regulating vaccines. So what we're seeing now with these V-safe data in the U.S. is that like 20, 25% of women are reporting egregious side effects. So like if I was advising them how to sterilize people and not get caught, you know, if you're running a program in Kenya, you can do half of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And otherwise it's too obvious, but you're running a global mass distributed vaccine program. I'd say, Hey, cut it down to 20, 30% because otherwise it's too obvious. And that's exactly what the government data is showing. And so it's like, you know, they're definitely able to play God and sterilize certain countries more than others. And, it looks like in the United States, if at least the V-safe data is indicating, they're sterilizing like people with about twenty percent of the time. Scary stuff. Uh, and the yeah, the other question I had was about your movie production and how that uh, 
goes about getting funding and sponsorship and production? Do you run into any roadblocks there with people trying to censor or cancel? And um, how do we get the stuff off the preaching to the choir platforms and out to the mainstream? Yeah, I mean, that's that's my biggest challenge. Um, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I just I just do this stuff myself and I and I I plan a lockdown. I gave away for free just because it was like a historical necessity, you know, um, but now I'm, 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 now I'm, I'm in planning lockdown. I gave away all the full interviews for free. Now I'm continuing his interview series and I'm giving those out, but really looking to maybe ch- charge for the films or, or find more mainstream methods of distribution. Like the, are you familiar with, uh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, are you yeah, familiar well, with the chosen and angel studios? And I know it's a much bigger project, of course, but they did like kind of a pay it forward crowdfunding um, platform and uh, had some success there. Yeah. Um, I think they're using like these, these Christian church communities and they've got kind of a, a really, I'm putting the link to the, the Indy Wakefield made the dumbest name for this film. It's, it's called infertility, a diabolical agenda, but it's, it's a really good piece on it. But um yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's a great, that was just, that was basically the model I'm looking at for, I looked at to make my site bigpicture.watch. That was the model I had in mind of like having people crowdfund the, the, the pieces like that. Um, like I still need more traction to get this working more, <laughs> but, but they, I think they have this built in evangelical church network that they're tapping into that, and they're making Jesus movies. So it's like, and then, and then they're faced with a mainstream media that's, that's, you know, not of the Christian faith. I'll, I'll put it like that. You know, Jewish folks mostly do the, the Hollywood movies, and they're mm-hmm. not Christian, and they don't right. like Christian stuff. So they don't cater. Yeah, to they these got audiences. black. They got blackballed. Yeah, they don't or, like try to get shut down by uh, Disney and some others, and they had to use uh, bankruptcy as a defense against that. Um, to yeah, yeah. So, they, so they have evangelical so definitely some challenges that. there. They're not having their market catered to, you know, they're, they, they're not they're, Hollywood does not make pieces that they want to hear about. So they're, th- this is, I think, a great model. It's a proven it's proven it's working and chosen and all this stuff. I think it's a cool model. I'm, I was trying to tap into something like that with 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 uh, with my thing. Um, but it's it's really like I think it's all in the just getting the word out there. And yeah. I don't know. It's like I, I need to figure this out because these documentaries are not they, they cost money to make. And then it's like. I think people are going to be getting poorer and poorer as they're getting screwed out. Absolutely. Like, I mean, the, the, you worked in banking. You can see that, I mean, probably in a month or, or less, we're going to have a real depression set in. So um, the, the two 10 year bond yields are looking parallel, which is a sign of depressions right on the, right on the, around the corner. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I also see yeah. this uh, a little bit of a forecast of COVID as a test run in a sense, because it's, serve multiple purposes, like you said, the side effect of sterilization, some other things um, of a test run for, if we're going to make you do all, take this uh, shot for your fellow man, will you take this chip for your fellow planet to get your carbon taxes and your CDBC and all that stuff? Well, yeah, personally, yeah. James, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I, I got the feeling that this might have been a test run for something else, too. But I hope that, uh, at, you know, at the end of the day, most people are looking at, you know, what the end result was and, you know, what decisions were made by authorities and governments and businesses, companies. 
and and they're not going to be so gullible in the future when it comes to something else like that. Like, hell no, there's no way I'm getting a chip. Uh, they've been trying to push that agenda on people for a couple of decades now. I remember back in like the mid 90s, I read something in Wired magazine about this. Uh, I think it might have been a Swedish company or something, but they installed RFID readers all over the uh, the entire building and people had a chip in their hand and they would get to the front door and it would unlock the door for them. They could get stuff from the vending machine. They get to clock in and out at their desk and, you know, unlock their computers. So, you know, I'm not interested Go ahead. Amazon One is already doing that with your hand payment thing. But but look, let's face it, you don't need a chip if you have your telephone with you. I mean, like the telephones are the chips now. Yeah. Like they, that's they true. see here. Yeah. Very true. I mean, they don't need to get the chip in you. But no. I mean, I don't know. There's all these strange statements that Hariri's making about the next level of surveillance will be under the skin. Oh gosh, yes. He's, no. he's, he's so, a I mean, monster. I don't know, it raises questions about the graphene stories and is that is that real I, i've talked to a number of people that really claim they've seen it in these shots i oh yeah i oh it's very hard to get these things analyzed they've made it a, they've made it a crime to analyze it and 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 it's very hard to find practically impossible to find a lab in u.s or europe mm-hmm. to analyze a vial because they've all got pharma contracts or government contracts or it, you, you maybe it used to be you could find a tenured professor maybe you know, mm-hmm. but now it's like universities and and the and and the and the pharma money kind of preclude like people you know the the government funding of like Fauci through the through right. the universities and then big pharma money prohibits anyone from wanting to use that equipment to do that or get behind it in a forensic way that would be could it be upheld in a court of law you know I mean if you wanted to get chain of custody of a vial. And have it be admissible evidence in a court of law. You have to need say where it came from. Signed for that. I was a nurse. I took this file. I sent it to this lab. The lab guy's got to say, I looked in here. It's this. And I'm putting my reputation on the line. Mm-hmm. That guy will not get another contract. So it's just it's just been a challenge to, to, to get these things analyzed. And then that just raises this question is like, why, why if, if these are just flu-like illness vaccinations, or, or experimental flu-like illness and vaccinations. The, why are the ingredients top secret? Why are they Why are they distributed by the military? I interviewed Brooke Jackson, the the, the Pfizer whistleblower. whistleblower. He, I, I, it's weird how her lawyer misrepresents the case a little bit, but they're hmm. like the vaccines were authorized as a as a military countermeasure prototype and not under FDA. The, the the work of Catherine Watt is kind of showing that they were that the FDA thing was kind of a window dressing show. They were really authorized as a military or as a countermeasure prototype by the Pentagon, mm-hmm. and and around the world we've seen this. There was one case. So Brooke Jackson sued the government for for paying for the vaccines because they weren't properly authorized by FDA. Their mm-hmm. initial legal response was. No, they were authorized as a countermeasure prototype. They weren't even authorized by FDA. That was their first legal response. That proves that this like indicates that's what this is in, indeed. You know, what wh- what is going on with that? There was there was one part. There was one member of the Pfizer trial in Argentina who got injured. An Argentine lawyer. He asked for his r- medical records as a part of the trial, and it was responded to by the Argentine military saying. Your your medical records are top secret national oh, wow. security file. 
Oh, that's and, crazy. And, and this, guy, this guy was pissed off, and he was a lawyer, and so he started digging around and found the contracts. And they were, they were fucking they were, they were military contracts with Pfizer and the Argentine military. Wow. So like, and then I've heard same stories in France. All the committees always had military people around. It looks like the legal structure they used to deploy these things worldwide was military to, to, create, it, to, to create greater security, secrecy, and control of an operation. And like if you're if you're doing surreptitious illegal stuff like sterilizing portions of the population, that's some that sounds like a pretty good illegal structure to, to deploy it in. But it's just it's also suspicious, guys. Like wake up. That is so shady. Like Highly. that's not normal. Like, you don't get military and there's parallels with that Kenya case. They in the Kenya case they had police and private security guarding the vials. It's the same story. They they were they were sending them to the far parts of Kenya and bringing them back with private security and police. This is shady to all hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely I mean, shady. Well, uh, listen, caller well, James, we we've got to jump yeah. to the next one, but I just wanted to give no you an worries. opportunity to Thank finish you. up if you had anything. Uh, just one comment. Um, it would really really neat if there was an insurance policy system or parallel economy or something that would. Uh, create the uh, ability for people that did want to refuse something that was critical to keeping their jobs to still not let the financial impact be that influence. Uh, church networks are great for that and stuff, yeah. too, but just an idea. All right. Well, thank you very much for your call, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for your courage as well. All right. Salty Zero coming in. That's fascinating what you were just talking about there, James. I uh, I interviewed Brooke uh, as well. And uh, wh- when was that uh, response from the government? How long ago was that? I hadn't heard that yet. That was over a year ago. I mean, okay. a year wow. and a half ago. Wow. All the right. First response, another third. Yeah. The, All the, right. The, 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 her Barnes is still presenting it like he just was on Alex Jones. Like, oh, you know, this is a contract issue. It's not a contract issue if it's a national security issue. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue if the contract. So he should know that by now. Like, I know she's working with, with uh, Latipova a bit. Okay. All right. So. Uh, Salty Zero, you're on the air, buddy. Go ahead and unmute. And welcome yeah, to the program. How are you doing, Zach and uh, James? Um, welcome. Hope both of you are uh, doing really good. And uh, James, you know, thanks for everything that you're talking about. But, uh, you know, I'll start with the question of um, what do you think the future is going to be like for our kids? And, I asked that just because I'm going to add a little bit, you know, a little something personal is a little bit ago, a little while ago, I, uh, I had a talk with my nephew and he's, you know, in his teens, you know, teenager. And I asked him, I just said, you know, what the hell is going on with all this stuff going on? You know, the trans movement, climate change, all this stuff going on because, you know, I, I'm online, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about different things and, and they're much older, they're adults and forties, fifties and this and that. And I wanted to get his perspective and, uh, he's 17 and he goes to a you know fairly large school. Um, so I asked him that question and he said, you know, really bottom line is a lot of this stuff is just a fad, you know, and, I thought of it and I'm like, well, you know, that, that makes sense, you know, and I'm much older than he is, you know, 30 plus years older than he is. And it it just made sense, you know, that 
right now, you know, they're, they're getting all this stuff tossed at them, you know, the trans movement, the climate change and, and many, many other things. And it just hit home. You know, I went through fads when I was that age, we all went through fads. And, but my concern is, is that, um, when he gets into college, um, these universities out there are very big with pushing, you know, the DEI and the climate change stuff is huge in universities. And I just wanted to get uh, d- diversity, to get equity, your, and inclusion. Yeah. And, oh, okay. and James, I wanted to get your perspective on, on, you know, what the future will be for them. Um, because once they leave the home per se, um, and they're out there and a lot of kids, they go to school, they live on campus, um, that they're, they're, uh, I guess the people that they look up to then is the professors and, and other people of authority on campus. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that all kids, you know, they, their perspectives change after college, but a lot of them do, but what's your perspective on yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, one time, one time I stayed in Airbnb on Kansas, like outside of Wichita. And I was like, there was a lady and she, and she was like, you know, we know she's I'm conservative and da da da, you know. And I sent my kid to the university and she came back gay and angry with me, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and like, and I'm just like, you know, and it's just all, yeah, I don't know, man. I would say just stop getting sending your kids to university or what, what the hell do you have to pay all this money to get the kid brainwashed and useless? So, I mean, like we, we need to redo universities or, or just, I mean, like what, 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 or trade schools or just just do something practical to make a living i mean i don't think you need to go to school i mean i don't know but i mean the, the really it starts at home with the with the good role model and but yeah i mean i think everyone's looking for places to to find compadres with all this stuff like that was the main thing i noticed making a planet lockdown traveling around all these countries and seeing friends and all these places everyone was bugging out mm-hmm. you know everyone thought the was falling apart and it really wasn't as much as they thought or as quickly as they thought or i thought at the time it was like everyone was like should i go hide in this country or like go bug out over here or like and everyone and you know i think there's opportunities to create communities and and just find like-minded people and like and like build this build a network of of like-minded people i know people keep saying that and it's like they don't do it that much but um yeah i don't i don't know what is the future gonna look like i well, here, I mean, it's, all, all of our futures are going to look like what we do with them. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I led a really normal life those two years making that film because <laughs> I, I, I was probably not doing it. But but I know most people didn't can't do that or didn't do that. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's like this free will argument we we're talking about before. It's like what what kind of life do you want to live? And you, you even if the world goes completely mad and crazy, like you, you still have a choice whether you want to be crazy mm-hmm. or, or or you want to let it get yeah. to you. You know, let's say everyone loses your loses. Let's say eighty percent of your family members lose their mind, and eighty percent of your neighbors and and everyone bugs out, and and eighty percent of your kids' friends are telling them to do crazy things. The school's gone mad. The media goes nuts. Like it, it puts a burden, an extra burden on you to not lose your mind, right? Yes. And not then, and you not to do that. So it's 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 a huge challenge to undergo. And I'm not going to downplay that, you know, but but it's still like a choice we have, right? 
It's yeah, always yeah. a choice. And, and I, I guess the last point I'll make is that it, mo- the biggest weapon they're using against us is psychological. They're mm-hmm. definitely just trying to suck us out and get us in a spot where where we think we're helpless. So they, I don't even think these guys have all the control that they they're making us think that they have too. I mean, a lot of it is just this psychological overwhelming. I I, t- I agree with you there. You know, I here's the thing. I, I mean, I I think that. What's you know, to your point about, you know, this being a fad? I mean, it is. I mean, you know, this is what happens. You know, things come and go in culture and, you know, people grow out of them. The only problem with this particular fad is that if people get irreversible plastic surgery or do damage to their endocrine system because they're taking puberty blockers or they're taking estrogen or they're taking testosterone and they develop the secondary sex characteristics. I mean, you know, you can only shave a trachea so far before, you know, there's nothing left to cut off, you know, and if if you are left with surgical scars and you have to get, you know, your implants removed, I mean, there will be lasting effects, you know, but perhaps those lasting effects in those people are, are going to be the best argument for why people need to not lose their minds again. And I tend to believe that society is, is you know, kind, they've, it's kind of swung to the left, like just like a, a major overcorrection. And now it's coming back to the right. And the only thing that I warn against is, you know, people just, you know, n- not becoming too, too radicalized in one direction or the other. You know, I mean, like, you know, everybody's heard about right-wing death squads, you know, I mean, in South and Central America, the CIA was funding uh, these uh, military campaigns to to kill revolutionaries. You know, were they actually communists or were they just people who disagreed with a an authoritarian government? I don't know, but uh, hopefully we don't go in the other direction in that respect. I, I But I feel like, you know, we're, we're in a pretty good place and maybe the people who do kind of just completely go off the rails. They're just going to remove themselves from the gene pool and we won't have to worry about it later down the line. Yeah, I, yeah, Dave, I, I totally, I, I totally agree. The, uh, the pendulum swinging and, uh, you know, I just bring it up. I mean, you guys probably already know, I mean, go, look at the generations, you know, the, uh, what was it? The, uh, traditionalists, um, you know, having, uh, being gay was, a half a percent of the population and now all of a sudden gen z is 50 percent you know it just mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense you know and i, I, I just going okay, back to what like, i just going back to what i, I said about my you know oh just real quick going back to what i you know my talk about uh with my nephew and it i i think it's really just a fad so but yeah. um i i mean really i, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying Go, go ahead, James. I've heard this. It, it is more of a fad that, like, well, I'm, I'm doing this film called What Happened at School on the, on the kids, and I, and I talked to people. They were saying that they're hitting four or five-year-olds with textbook material saying, like, okay, there's nine genders, and the least cool is the straight one, and they, and they created a new term kind of saying cisgender. So they're presenting that to a kid who wants to, like, get along and, and be cool. And then they're told, okay, the least cool thing you could be is just a normal straight person. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so the, so that, that, that's why they're, they, so they want to get along. They want to be cool. They want to, and, and it is this fad. And I think you're right. It, it's, it's not that 50% are gay, but, but they're, but they're being told that being gay is cool or more cool than being straight. And then, and, and it's also just confusing. Like I'm 40 now. I didn't know what, I don't know. I understand what the hell they're talking about. Nine genders. I mean, there's like all these crazy terms. And shit. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like, let alone a four year old. I mean, like 
the, the poor kid's brain must be like melting looking at that stuff. You know, I mean, sure. like, does that make it sense? Like, is it is pansexual cisgender? I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, if, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I was like, yeah, I've heard the same. Life is life is TikTok now, apparently. All right. So, Salty, we got to go on to the last caller, buddy, but I appreciate your insight, and thank you very much for the call. Hey, thanks a lot, Zach. All right. Our brother. Peace. All right. Final caller of the evening. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? My name is Aaron Moriarty. Aaron, good to hear from you, buddy. How you doing tonight? Well, if I was doing any better, I would be Red Pill 78, the corruption detector, of course. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So, uh, what's on your mind, Aaron? Oh my goodness! Oh, what what a what a can of sardines has been opened up here, right? I, mm-hmm. I, for one thing, for one thing, um, uh, Mr. Patrick, uh, congratulations on uh, you know just that little trailer I saw that showed you know how the Soviets were uh, fighting against was it the Soviets against the uh, the farmers. That really weren't these context. Weren't these like, you know, the farmers, this is, this is what Ukraine became at a certain point. I mean, this is where like the, they, they, they were back in the day. If I'm correct, if I'm thinking of this correctly, wasn't there like a Ukrainian genocide or something like this? And that was part of it. Yeah. The whole tomorrow was the the Ukrainian genocide to kill. I don't know. Between three and nine uh, million Ukrainians. Yeah. The farmers were like the, traditional independent kind of people so it's um, they're parallels to holland yeah i think the same the same big international bankers are funding <clears throat> are behind these things but just real quick i did check out who was behind the ngos mm-hmm. and there was the six ngos the former directors had worked for two for chevron <laughs> and and two for big big tech like google europe google holland kind of companies and then there was one from a dutch banking family foundation so it does look kind of like the same these kind of high you know international banker kind of genre people absolutely so what was your do you have a question yeah go ahead it's your um i also this whole gender thing you know here's the thing i believe that childhood is sacred and is, yeah. uh, what happens to our children is our future. So we should be protecting our children, and we should be teaching people that childhood is sacred, and uh, it's it needs to be protected. Once a childhood is lost, once someone loses their childhood, he can't get it back. And I just think that the longer someone stays a child. Uh, the better off the whole society is, and there's an attack on children because, of course, that's what the Satanists do. They they attack the children because they're closest to God. But I just think that that children need to be the focus. I mean, I was lucky enough to grow up in a time where I was a paper boy. I had my own business as a kid with a lot of responsibility, and it was incredible. Kids have no opportunities these days. There's nothing for them. Um, we need to look back for the answers of, of how to fix our future, I think, in a great a great way. I think you're right. I think that, uh, you know, probably what's going to happen is we're going to uh, develop 
we're going to collectivize kind of, I mean, like on an individual, like, uh, uh, you know, community type basis, I, I'm hoping that people will be able to fix these problems locally and kind of focusing on their immediate areas because, you know, w- w- the larger society gets, you know, as we get more of this top down control, it just makes it easier for things to get more screwed up and for the government to, to gain the control and for people to kind of abdicate the things that they otherwise would have been taking care of in the past. But yes, I think Looking backwards is a good idea. James? Yeah, absolutely. I know we're talking about all these big global issues, and, but it's it's really the solution starts with yourself first and then the, your nearest by, and don't worry about all this crazy stuff. Like, let, just set it down. Worry about your own life. You know, make sure your your affairs are in order. The, you have, you have DC, you know, you associate yourself with good people. You got good yourself first and then you associate yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you meet happy people, it's okay. We all do all the time. We move on to the next ones and, 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 and work on yourself and have a good situation for your kid. You know, I mean, give your kid the opportunities that, that, that you had and work towards that. So don't worry about all this, you know, global, da, 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 da. I mean, it's nothing, what you do have control over is yourself and your own life, you know? Yeah, there's so much out there that's out of our control. I think this is one of those instances where it's okay to be selfish, you know, because if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of your family and you can't make sure that your local community is is going in the right direction. So, yeah, good good advice. All right, Aaron, anything final for the uh, call for the guest before we bounce off? Well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing your oh, and uh, there was this woman uh, giving this speech, very very awesome speaker. The Dutch farmers, it must have been that, that festival he was talking about where they were getting all riled up. Very, very incredible stuff. I wish you all the luck in the world. And, and I have to put in a thank you to my good friend here, Red Pill 78 He's helping me out to get me back on the air. I will be back on the air with all of my normal um, you know, sponsors, including I just put, in, put a video up today on my YouTube channel. For the Epimanly, of course, it's the Rotary Nose Hair Remover <laughs> and big sponsor of the program. Good stuff, One of my man. cable access shows from the 90s, so give it a shot. Awesome. I'll check it out, man. All right. I'm glad you're doing okay, Aaron, and uh, let me know when you get that package, okay? I certainly will, and thank you very much, sir. You're, you're an awesome gentleman. Thank you. All right. Love you. Thank you so much. We'll see you. Uh, okay, Low Country Brooklyn over on Rumble said, I am an ed sector activist, and this is not a fad. Hear me clearly and now. This is social emotional learning. It is government-sponsored brainwashing and highly funded via NGOs and nonprofits. Do not dismiss. And, and Brooklyn, I don't want you to think that we were blowing off the idea of what's happening. Uh, I was just trying to uh, agree with the caller. In a manner of speaking, you know, I mean, things become popular. They come around. Uh, and yeah, certainly, this is brainwashing. They are propagandizing to our children. They are trying to fundamentally change society. And the only way we can really affect that is within our own communities and in our own household. So, um, uh, uh, James, uh, do you have any final thoughts for the audience before I go through all the rest of the donations over on Foxhole? Yeah. Yeah. Social emotional learning is one of the terms they're using for these new gender things in the, or yeah, in, in the schools. But yeah, I would just say, uh, check out my work at bigpicture.watch and donate to the projects. And, um, 
Yeah, I've got some really interesting interviews coming up. I'm releasing one within a few days of, on Jean LaSalle. He was a French presidential candidate three times in French Senator, three times who, who got the shot, got injured, and now mm-hmm. he's accusing Macron, third of the French Senate, of faking their vaccines. Oh, wow. And yeah, uh, Actually, I saw yeah, that. I, I saw that. that reported the other day. That's fascinating. Yeah, so then I, I went to his little village in France and found the guy and like got to ex- like, tell all two-hour interview with him. That's great. So, wow. Good for you. What a get. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, so over here, here on- go to the site. I have uh, tons of interviews coming out all the time. Picture, picture that watch. All right. Oh, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, do you have any plans to go back to Holland now that they've the uh, the French or excuse me, now that the Dutch farmers have uh, had uh, a win of sorts in their uh, in their parliament there? Uh, or are you just going to see how it plays out from afar? No, the film is done. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to focus on, I'm probably going to put it through film festivals okay. and get it out there in the stream. And then I'm working on this other film on where is my period and interviewing women who've, who've taken the vaccine, have egregious, massive vaginal hemorrhaging or other heavy issues. There's a lot of people in the U.S. scene talking about shedding or what they're calling shedding. I think mm-hmm. there's probably six different explanations of what that could be. Right. But the main, main issue is women who took it and are experiencing serious issues down the line is like these secondary issues, you know, um, that that are, 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 are possibly being caused by a number of things. So but anyway, there's, that's a huge story. I think the fertility effects of the vaccine, everybody kind of knows it's an issue, but nobody is talking about it. Are, are you also going to be taking so, a look at the uh, the increase in, in stillbirths as a, as a part of this? Yeah, that's um, I, I put a request out for people to contact me if they have miscarriages, stillbirths. I see, I see a lot of data on it, but I'm looking for a, a woman's story on that. Sure, that's one I don't have for the film. Another is is premature menopause. Like okay. twenty year old girls have taken the shot and gotten into menopause. That's so nuts. I've, I've seen I've seen these testimonies, but I, I want someone who's can appear on camera. No, uh, it makes sense. It gives it a lot more power. Um, okay, so over here on uh, the foxhole, a boneless chicken. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you. Filter Dog One, thank you. Uh, wh- hold on a second. Well, I have to pause this. Uh, one Leg Patriot, thank you for the shades. TikToks, he said, okay, I'm starting a cookie fight in here because y'all too quiet, LOL. Uh, so let's see. One, two, three, four. Thank you for the four cookies. Rook Castle said, unfortunately, today's environmentalism is a nihilistic anti-human movement. Yes, you are correct. Uh, QAG.news is back online with a clock ticking. Thank you to Rook for that. Scout65, thank you for the cookie. Rook also said, expect the best and prepare for the worst. Just Duckies dropped a cookie. Thank you. Two in the pink said, uh, Zach, tell him to get an autopsy. Uh, yes. Uh, hopefully, DJ, you are going to be getting an autopsy for your brother because um, you know, obviously there's probably some stuff that we can learn from that. Uh, and then perhaps you and your family as well. Sean Joe, thank you very much for the cookie as well. OK, uh, that is it uh, for everybody at home. If you want to get more information about James and his projects, you can check out Big Picture on uh, YouTube and then also Big Picture watch is the website uh when is the release date of your next project so we can keep our eyes open uh you can go to big picture watch and see the release date because okay. it, it, it could be festivals and be in the summer so okay yeah. all right well but i put on the youtube channel, big picture youtube channel i put four trailers with with a lot of the meat of the film like a third of the film is on there all right and so, if people want to 
to buy the film, they you would recommend they do it through uh, through BigPicture.watch. Like, you, you, are you releasing it through Amazon or iTunes or anything like that? I'd like to get it out into mainstream cinemas and stuff like that. So, okay, yeah. All right, good stuff. Well, thank you very much for being here. I sincerely appreciate it, and uh, thank you for all your efforts as well. I'm going to go ahead and pass out the gold pills over here on Foxhole, and then I am taking tomorrow off because it's Sunday, and I'll see you guys again Monday at 6 p.m. for the live episode of Red Pill News. Until that time, good luck, everyone, and God bless. We'll see you then. Okay, and we are golden all right thank you very much james that was awesome cool man all right you're always welcome back so next uh when your next picture comes out just let me know have your people set it up i'm happy to have you back okay all right have a great night
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.